0: Trans transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the After 2 Podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. And this week we are back with the Superman and Batman family. We are reading World's Finest, issue 148 which was published on the 28th of January 1965, which was the same day that Showcase 55, which we did in our last episode, was published. And the cover date of March 1965. Gorgeous cover by Kurt Swan. Yes. A lot, a lot going on. What's happening on the cover then, pizza We have. Batman with a massive hold-all with jewels coming out of it. <laughs> so many jewels. <laughs> it looks like uh, all the stuff that fell off his mother's neck. <laughs> That's a bit dark, isn't it, listeners? Good grief. I think Peter's been looking at the behind-the-scenes photographs from that new movie they're making and they've obviously influenced him. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman is in front of him and Superman's shielding Batman from gunfire. <gasps> but they're not from robbers. Mm. They're from the cops. Yep, there's three policemen in the cover and they look like the members of the O'Dear family they from... do isn't that weird yes. let's pretend the one in the middle is Barry and Barry's saying great scott our entire police force won't be able to catch those two super criminals gosh and Superman saying your bullets can't harm Batman while I'm around I'll let you off easy this time but if you attack my partner again I'll really take care of you and Batman, who looks as though he's about to swing off on a, on a rope, says, Thanks for the protection, Superman. Meet me at the Bat Cave later, and we'll split the loot. Gee whiz. Yes. And we should mention the cover caption, which says, Featuring Superman and Batman Outlaws. Fantastic. Nice clean cover with a good yellow background. was oh, nice. Listeners, you can probably anticipate what might be going on here. <laughs> so, onto the splash page. Have you ever thought what might happen if Superman and Batman use their powers in a Abilities For evil purposes instead of good Imagine the world's greatest heroes Transformed into The world's most infamous villains And Using their secret identities To hide from the law This is only one of the amazing twists In the incredible story of Superman, Superman and, and Batman, Batman Outlaws, Outlaws. So the opening splash page, it shows Superman with his hands up. It shows Batman looking mildly concerned and a couple of policemen. Again, they might be the O'Deals. they might not be. And Lex Luthor and Clayface approaching Batman and Superman. And Lex Luthor is saying, Stay back, Captain. Clayface and I will handle these criminals. I'll shackle Superman with my kryptonite manacles. Batman says, The police helping Luthor and Clayface against us. This is a nightmare. And Superman saying, But it's true, Batman. I can feel the rays from that kryptonite wakening me. Gosh. So we haven't seen Clayface before. We've had Luther a few times. Yeah. Are we about history in Clayface? Yes, please do. This is actually the second Clayface. Ooh. Matthew Hagan is his name. Right first appeared in Detective Comics issue 298 he was a a treasure hunter he was looking for sunken treasure and he discovered an underground grotto that had this rainbow pool that was filled with a strange protoplasm and as you do he entered the pool yeah silly man and discovered that his skin had changed to a clay like constituency so with effort he could change his appearance so he fought Batman quite a few times eventually spoilers he was killed but there's actually quite a legacy itself to the Clayface name there was originally a gold name. Clayface, who was a he was a movie star called Basil Carlo. I wonder where they got that name from. That's very like Peter Vincent in the original Fright Night movie. Obviously based on um Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. Uh, a detail that was lost with the David Tennant remake from a few years ago. But anyway, no, the Clayface is clearly obviously then a Golden Age DC legacy character. Yes, and the legacy continues, because there was a third Clayface, who had a slightly different powers, uh, instead of being able to change his appearance, his uh, clay touch basically dissolves people into clay, which is horrible. And then there was a the fourth Clayface, she appeared in Batman and the Outsiders, and I think there's been subsequent Clayfaces since, but they're, the, they're your main Clayfaces, but right now it's Clayface 2. Have all the Clayfaces ever teamed up? There is a really good story. Called The Mud Pack That right. ran in Detective Comics Alan Grant wrote it mm-hmm. And Norm Bray Fogel did the art It was only four issues Basil Carlo had united the Clayfaces Including uh, the remains of Clayface 2 And basically took blood samples From each of them So that he could uh, gain their powers Because wow. he was originally A non-powered serial killer right. And it's a great story I think it's been reprinted It might be in one of the recent collections that uh, Reprinting the late 80s stuff But yeah it's incredibly yeah. good It was an issue of Secret Origins That tied in was, I can't remember if it was an issue Of the regular comic Or one of the annuals But I do remember seeing The Mud pack on the cover of an of secret origins at one point yes I heard that as well so yes the, the water pack moving into the story then we open on page two with a caption saying an urgent news bulletin reaches wealthy Bruce Wayne who is secretly Batman and his ward Dick Grayson that's weirdly phrased it is isn't it he's not secretly Batman and, and Dick Grayson all right so obviously at Wayne manor or one of bruce's fancy penthouse apartments and dick grayson has sat with the radio on bruce is unbuttoning his shirt to get ready obviously to become batman and the voice from the radio says calling batman and superman the gotham science foundation wants you on an important matter and bruce Wayne says i wonder what's up i'll switch identities fast and find out I won't need you as Robin this time, Dick. We then cut to Metropolis and a caption which says, And in Metropolis, reporter Clark Kent gets the same message. And we see Jimmy Olsen tearing a message off the wire. And he says, Hey Clark, they want Superman and Batman down at the Gotham Science Foundation. Sounds like a story. And Superman's thinking, In classic bicycle repairman style, that's a story I'll cover. In my other identity... ...of Superman. Soon in a guarded laboratory of the Foundation. And we see Batman and Superman, suited and booted, and they're with a scientist-professor type guy who's pointing at a nice, very familiar-looking piece of machinery. I'm sure I've seen something very like it on the cover of JLA with um, It looks very much like Dr. Light's device, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does, doesn't it? That is interesting. So, scientist-professor guy says, This apparatus was the last work of our great physicist, Dr. Norbert, who died recently. None of us knows the nature of this invention, but on his deathbed he dictated a note about it. His last words were, "The machine in my laboratory is my greatest invention. Haven't a time to test it, but its mighty power must not be misused. Give it to Superman and Batman for safe keeping and Superman says, "We'll try to find out its purpose, but in some secluded place, later, in an uninhabited region near Gotham City, the mighty team turns on the apparatus." And we see Batman and Superman standing. There's a tree in the background. They're probably in a park or an empty vacant lot or something. And they have activated the apparatus. We need the name for it. We can't keep calling it. Let's just, okay, we're just going to call it the apparatus. They the apparatus, the apparatus yes. as the caption says. And rather like the Dr. Light device, there are beams of energy flashing out for it. For Superman says, it projects some terrific force. Keep behind me, Batman. Batman says, Too late. Everything's going round. The caption for the next panel says, "For a moment, the two men are caught in an unreal blur." And we see Batman with his hands it's up. It's an amazing panel. It's very funny. It's an excellent little Kurt Swan panel. For he's the artist for this issue. Superman looks like he's been goosed. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, Batman looks like he can't deal. He's got his hands up to his head, and the rays are flashing over them. So we move on to the top of page three the caption says and then their vision clears and we see them standing amongst some trees and superman says that was a terrific force that hit us but it had no effect of any kind batman says it should have affected something yet everything's just the same as before but are things the same as they stand puzzled a small plane chances to pass overhead and we see a little red aeroplane flying above the trees where Batman and Superman and the apparatus are on the ground and a voice from the aeroplane says, Gotham airport, call the police. I've spotted Batman and Superman out here near Midvale Crossing. And the voice over the radio responds, Batman and Superman, I'll have the police there in minutes. And sure enough, and as police cars roar swiftly to the scene, and we see a few police cars rolling up and the officers got out of Brandishing guns, and one of the policemen says, Don't let them get away, men. Luther and Clayface have been alerted and will be here to help us capture them. Superman says, Luther, Clayface, two of the worst criminals in the world. What kind of a joke is this, Captain? But as Superman starts forward, he finds it is no joke. Yeah, because indeed the policemen have opened fire, and one of them says, Look out, men. They say bullets can't stop Superman. We'll find out if that's true. Fire! superman says they're shooting real bullets this doesn't make sense it becomes even more incredible to the mighty Jew a moment later a small red aeroplane has landed and it was bearing clayface and lex Luthor. one of the policemen says here they are the greatest lawmen of all Luthor and Clayface And Lex Luthor says Keep back, Captain. We'll handle these two super criminals. My green kryptonite manacles are the only things that can hold Superman. Lex is brandishing the same manacles. It must be the same ones he had in the splash page, I think. The next caption for the bottom panel says And Clayface uses his unique power of changing his form. This is fantastic. I mean, I'm showing my ignorance of Clayface here. I didn't realise his powers were such a complete ability of metamorphosis, as it were. We see him turning into a cheetah. It's like a really high-speed version of Manimal. Yes. And as he changes, he thinks, I'll become a cheetah. Swiftest of hunting beasts. If Batman tries to flee, he won't be able to escape me. Moving on to page four. And the policeman and the cheetah version of Clayface and Lex with his kryptonite manacles are all running towards Batman and Superman. Batman exclaims, The police are helping Luther and Clayface against us. This is a nightmare. And Superman says, But I can feel the rays of that green kryptonite. The only substance that can harm me and it's real swiftly the man of steel snatches up his partner and we're getting out of here at super speed and superman and batman fly off to land in the next panel and a caption says moments later many miles away and superman says we escaped them but i still can't believe all this do you suppose those police were really crooks in disguise batman says i've got a terrible suspicion Superman, use your telescopic vision to look into Gotham City and Metropolis and see if anything is different. When he does so, the Man of Steel sees an incredible thing. And we see Superman using his telescopic vision and he's beholding a sign, some, obviously some distance away, that's illustration of himself and Batman. And the sign says, Wanted, Batman and Superman, $1 million reward for capture of these criminals. And Superman says, It's impossible, but we're wanted criminals now billboards advertise a huge reward for our capture. And in the next panel, he's obviously looking slightly elsewhere because we now see statues of Lex Luthor and Clayface. We should point out that Lex is wearing his grey sort of prison fatigues. Yes. Which he wore in that Lois Lane story we did a while ago. Which is interesting as he's a hero in this world. This could almost have been a time to maybe expect him in his green and purple suit they had from the 70s. Yeah. Superman can see a statue of Lex and Clayface which bears the legend in honour of Luthor and Clayface, our great champions of the law. And Superman is saying... And Luther and Clayface are honoured as lawmen. I'm dreaming. And Batman says, It's no dream. What I suspected is true. We're not on our own Earth at all. And there's the rub, listeners. As we move on to page five, Batman continues. That machine's force must have hurled us into a parallel world. A world that's almost like Earth in every way, but in which history has a different course than on Earth. Scientists have often theorised that many similar worlds exist, separated from each other by dimensional barriers. And this panel has the now traditional graphic of one Earth being slightly overlapped by another Earth. It's interesting here that Batman is saying scientists have often theorised that many similar worlds exist separate because both guys have already had several adventures. adventures. (laughs) So as we move on to panel three, Batman is still speaking and he says, I was hurled into such a world once before by a freak accident in that parallel earth the same people had different lives different characters and there's a little footnote which says see the batman nobody remembered in world's finest number one hundred and thirty six or indeed our earlier episode then superman responds the batman and superman of this parallel world must be criminals but how could that have happened now let's pause here Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Batman is making a continuity reference yes. to that previous World's Finest story, uh-huh. which we did a few weeks ago now, which we both enjoyed. This, is this the first time that Batman has told this story or made any mention of it? It maybe, or he might just um, not think that Superman remembers. Yeah, or he could. Yeah, it was, well. You've been. I think you've been too generous to Batman here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting that he, he might have said, "Do you remember when I told you?" But it's also there's not a single reference to Earth One or Earth Two. Yeah. Or Earth Three, mm-hmm. which again, this I suppose highlights the lack of editorial cross communication and pollination. I suppose doesn't it? Yeah. Well, what's weird is the entire creative team for this issue is completely different from the entire creative team of that World's Finest issue that they reference because World's Finest 136, The Batman Nobody Remembered, was written by Bill Finger, drawn by Jim Mooney, and the editor was Jack Schiff, whereas this one is written by Edmund Hamilton, Kurt Swan is the artist, and Mort Weisinger is the editor. So So it's interesting that they reference that because Mort Weisinger has uh, edited previous parallel art Mm -hmm. stories as well but they choose to use the Batman Nobody Remembered as a reference. So it's interesting that they're, they're maintaining and referencing the continuity within the actual comic. Yes. I think previously we had one of the Superboy stories made reference to an issue of action yes. comics, and then indeed there was another Superman story that, that referenced one of the Superboy stories. I suppose it's the consistency is the inconsistency, because <laughs> there was that nice moment that thrilled us both in the Green Lantern story we did a few weeks mm-hmm. ago when Hal, made mention, Hal Jordan made mention of Earth 1 and Earth 2 and yeah. Earth 3. But that was all edited by Julie Schwartz. It might be the case in this instance that they thought people that bought World's Finest and Red World's Finest maybe only bought in Red World's Finest. Aye. So that could be why they're referencing that issue as opposed to all the Justice League to Society or the Flash adventures or their previous parallel it's adventures. It's you possible. Know? It definitely, I think, suggests that there has not been a big roundtable meeting where all the different editors have agreed this is how we're going to do Parallel yeah. Worlds, so this is how we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it. You know. There's obviously no real continuity as we've come to know it in the modern sense at this point still yeah i'm going to quote one of the the script editors of doctor who a guy called terence Dix, who worked on it in the 1970s who sort of said continuity was basically what you could remember yeah true (laughs) you know there's (laughs) there's no attempt here to build a coherent multiverse there's still the idea that the parallel world at least maybe in the superman family stories is just a gimmick Mm -hmm. in a similar way to the imaginary story or it's all a dream or a machine projection stuff it's nice to actually see the little footnote yeah I do like that. So anyway, mm-hmm. we move on, and the panel four of page five has a caption which answers Superman's question about what could have happened, and the caption says, How? Here is the different history of Superman which began on a parallel planet of Krypton. And we see Krypton exploding a Superman's rocket, Super- little baby Superman inside, his rocket's flying away, and a voice from Krypton says, Our world, Krypton, is exploding, but our baby Kal-El Whom we fired away in that missile will reach Earth and live. He'll have superpowers there. And the caption for the next panel says... On the parallel Earth, Jonathan and Martha Kent were not the kindly people we know, but thieves. Oh, goodness me. So, Evil lot version of Martha Kent says, This hick disguise of ours made the robbery easy. Nobody suspected any danger from us. Our Smallville hideout has worked like a charm. Yeah, we should say at this point they're driving along in a little car and she's getting a suitcase full of money. That's <laughs> fantastic. Um, I love it. And Pa Kent is saying, It sure has, but say, something fell out of the sky over there. Let's see what it is. And in the next panel, we see that Superman, Super Baby, I suppose, his rocket has crashed and little baby Cal is crawling around on the ground. And Pa Kent says, a baby, he must have accidentally shot out of that rocket that landed over there. Come on, we'll let him take care of himself. Good grief, that's dark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm just going to abandon the child. Right, so Martha Kent says, wait, there might be a big reward offered for this kid. If we take him home, we can collect it. Oh my goodness. We move to the top of page six and the caption says, But as time passed... And Martha and Jonathan are sat on chairs out on the porch of their house, watching little Super Baby Clark playing. And Martha says, No rewards even been offered. We'd better take this brat to the orphanage. And Pa Kent responds, You're right. He's just a nuisance. What's he doing now? And we see that little baby Clark's ball has bounced under the house. And he says, Ball bounce away. Me get it. And in the next panel, he's lifted the house clear up off its foundations. And he's saying, Me get ball now. And End exclaims, The brat's lifting the whole house. He must have super strength. And the next caption says, After studying super baby's powers. And there's a nice close up of shady Jonathan and shady Martha. And Jonathan's saying, He has all kinds of superpowers." with him to help us we could pull really big time robberies and martha says but we must keep his power secret so the police don't catch on and then the next panel is fantastic it's basically it's, he looks like superboy at this point and he's bursting through the wall of a bank carrying off the vault the caption says so the baby from krypton grew up into superboy a young super robber and a random passerby in the street says look that young super thief is taking the whole vault out of the bank and jonathan and martha are proudly looking on and pa kent says ha ha and nobody dreams he's our son clark kent what a crime career he has ahead of him we move on to panel five of page six and the caption says but what of this parallel world's bruce wayne in this world his father was not dr thomas wayne but cat burglar tom wayne and it's a rooftop scene it's a night and we see tom wayne attempting to escape after no doubt committing some dastardly deed and there are a few policemen running towards him across the roof and one of them says he wouldn't stop when ordered and a bullet hit his leg and the second policeman says he won't escape this time the cat burglar is going to prison for sure slow dissolve to panel six and the caption says when wayne came out of prison he was an embittered determined man and we see the young bruce wayne and thomas wayne presumably must be standing outside the equivalent of wayne manor on this parallel world and young bruce is saying is this where we're going to live now dad and his evil rotten parallel-off version of his dad says yes bruce and this is where i'll educate you in acrobatic skills my career ended when my leg was injured but you'll be the greatest burglar of all time Jeffrey dean morgan obviously would play this guy in the movie so we move on to page seven we see batman swinging around the Batcave, cave and the caption says and as the years passed and young batman is saying i've perfected my swing dad it'll help me get into high buildings i want to loot and old man wayne says good but keep practising i bought the house because of this hidden cave under it when you're a full-fledged burglar, it'll be your bat cave hideout. I wonder what inspired the wains of this parallel world to adopt the bat motif. Maybe it would uh, strike fear into the police. Yeah, interesting. Picture of the night. Yeah. Cat burglar. Mm. Bat burglar. Mm. Could be possibly, Could be. possibly. So we move on to the caption for the next panel which says A few years later in Metropolis, the Kents gloated over the crime exploits of their son. And Manpower are looking at a newspaper which has the headline Super Criminal Strikes Again, Steals Liner with Gold Shipment. And the newspaper has a large photograph on the cover which is obviously Superman flying a ship which was obviously the one bearing the shipment. And Mark Kent says I knew he'd make the greatest robber of all time. I'm so proud of him. That's our boy. And nobody dreams he's reporter Clark Kent. He's fooled the whole world. And a similar scene is taking place elsewhere. And in Gotham City, ex-burglar Wayne also felt pride. And we see Thomas Wayne watching television. And the television image is a silhouette of Batman swinging off his rope off the edge of a building. And the voice from television says, This is your mobile news man. And we're showing you that amazing burglar Batman. He's getting away again thomas wayne thinks to himself they'll never catch him it does my heart good to see this and then the caption for the next panel says and so on this parallel earth superman and batman are now the greatest criminals of their world and it looks like they're in some sort of cave like hideout it might be the bat cave superman is bouncing in and batman says my stolen riches pile higher but still i haven't enough huh who's that oh superman batman there's something mysterious going on turn on the news and indeed they switch on the radio on the next panel and a little voice coming out of the radio says and when the infamous criminals superman and batman were spotted near midvale crossing they were almost captured but escaped and superman says we weren't there so somebody must be impersonating us we'd better find out who's doing it and why it must be said, this Superman, there are a few more lines in his forehead, mm-hmm. a few more lines in his face. He doesn't look quite as heroic as our own. So next panel. Meanwhile, the Batman and Superman from our Earth are badly upset. Superman and Batman flying along together. Batman says, It seems certain that Batman and Superman of this parallel world are evil lawbreakers. And Superman says, Let's get back fast to our own Earth. machine that brought us here should be able to take us there. We'll return to it. But when they return to the site... And as they land, no sign of the apparatus, and Batman says... The parallel world machine is gone. Luther and Clayface must have taken it to the city. How can we get back to our own Earth now? We must get back. We're lawmen and heroes on our own world. But here, we'll be mistaken for the criminals our counterparts of this world are. Suddenly... And the next panel shows the evil Superman and Batman landing, For evil Superman says i heard them with my super hearing as we approached they're our doubles but they're law men on their own earth batman an evil batman says that gives me an idea and then our batman says superman if we arrest this evil team we'll prove we're not criminals and we can get our machine back then the evil Batman says, If we got their machine and went into their Earth, we could pose as lawmen and loot that world. Which prompts our Batman to say, You heard that, Superman? We must overcome these villains or our Earth will be threatened. But when Batman and Superman join battle with their evil doubles... And look at it closely. I think it's the good Superman here. good Superman has picked up a tree and he's tried to break it over the other Superman, but obviously he's raised his hand and it's shattered. And evil Superman says, I have every superpower you have, including invulnerability. Then the caption for the next panel says, And as the Jewel of Doubles rages, Batman too finds his match. And the two batmen are swinging about on the ropes between a couple of trees, having a great time. And one of the batmen says, No you don't, I know that trick of knocking out an enemy with your feet as well as you do. And the final panel for this page has a caption that says, And a shattering realisation comes to the two great lawmen. And we see Superman and Batman regarding Superman and Batman. And Superman says, "They are exact doubles, our match in every way. How can we ever stop them? And a tidy footnote says, End of part one. What do you think of it so far? Yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's fair rattling along. Yeah. So it's interesting that we're, we have very clearly defined versions of Superman and Batman being Bruce Wayne and adopted by the Kents. As being evil versions It's it's a step further From I suppose The Earth 3 versions Of Ultraman and Owlman mm-hmm. Who weren't really defined As being Kal-El And Bruce Wayne And of course As we said at the time Owlman didn't really look anything Like Bruce Wayne And Ultraman looked quite different He certainly sounded Very different to Superman yes. It's interesting we've got that But as, as Pete was saying When we were doing a preparation There's already been A slight precedent For evil versions Of characters that we know Yeah I mean we've had The Superboy story With the parallel universe yeah. Superboy Who was turned evil Temporarily through Red Kryptonite We've had the five Legion traitors The evil Goliath, Hercules, and Samson. Of course, how could I have forgotten the evil Atlas and Hercules? I know, (laughs) I know, and Samson. (laughs) Chief whiz. so. Yeah, we have had a few. It's something they like to play around with. It is quite a good story. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolute classic of the genre, isn't it? Evil double. Yeah, and I suppose the parallel off is a is a great way to use it. I mean, this is do you think this is maybe the closest we've had to that Star Trek mirror mirror idea? Actually, yeah. i have As you said, they're not Ultraman and Owlman. They are the same characters. So yeah, this is really good. Reading this now, I kind of want a storyline where the Superman and Batman of this parallel Earth have to fight (laughs) Owlman and Ultraman. Or team up. That would be tremendous. So when DC Comics let Peter and I write a DC comic (laughs) together, that's one of the things it will (laughs) do. So anyway, back to the plot, on to part two. There's a a nice big two-thirds-of-the-page splash panel, which we won't go into any detail on because it kind of spoils what happens next in the story, to be honest. But there is a caption, helpfully, which says, Part two. In a supreme crisis on the parallel Earth, Superman and Batman acquire allies but allies who are their deadliest enemies on this world. Here is the story of a struggle that rocks two worlds fought by... The the Incredible New Super Super Team. Back into the story, two supermen and two batmen are still fighting away as they were at the end of part one, and the caption says... The nightmare battle between Superman and Batman and their evil doubles rages on. And one batman says... If I could get a rope around him by hurling this batarang, I can overpower him. And the other Batman says, Not clever enough. My bat knife easily cuts your rope. Try again. When we see that right enough, we see the the line being cut as the other Batman throws his batarang. And in the next panel has the two supermen, one of them flying towards the other one who steps back and says, Trying to knock me down with a super swift charge, eh? You forget, I'm as fast as you and can easily dodge you. We move on to page two of chapter two. And again, the dialogue, or the thought bubbles in this case, pretty much covers what's going as well. We see one of the supermen hurling a big rock. And one of the supermen is thinking, since he's a lawman, this should divert his attention from us. So he's obviously the baddie. He's flinging the rock. Good superman is kneeling on the ground and thinks, he's hurling that boulder at innocent people's homes. I must stop it. Caption for the next panel says... The Man of Steel zooms after the flying mass of stone and... And we see Superman catching it successfully, preventing any damage to property or or loss of life. And he thinks... Got it! But I left Batman with two to one odds against him back there! And when Superman flashes back to the scene of the struggle... And we see Batman sat on the ground looking a bit dejected as Superman lands and Batman says... The evil Superman and Batman were too much for me. (laughs) They knocked me senseless and left... And they're after the machine that will take them into our world. And Superman says we have to prevent that by getting back at our machine before they grab it. But if we go into Gotham City after it, we'll be taken for the evil supercriminals, and Luther and Clayface will attack us again. And Superman, now spinning around, tunneling down into the ground, he must be using a super ventriloquism so Batman can hear him. And Superman is saying. We'll travel underground. Follow me as I tunnel toward the city. But the evil Superman has been watching with his supervision. And we see linet-faced evil Superman using his vision, and he can see Superman and Batman tunneling along underground. And evil Superman says, Just as I expected, our doubles are tunneling into Gotham City to get at that parallel world machine. If Luther and Clayface were notified that we're tunneling into the city, they would capture our doubles, giving us a clear field. And Batman says, It's an inspiration. Robin has been in Gotham City Casing the scene Of my next burglary I'll call him By Belt Radio Wow So the Dick Grayson Of this parallel world Is a baddie as well mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder What his origin is Because we don't have that Yeah Presumably things Must have panned out The same at the circus There was the accident And then Bruce went Come with me And you can, mm-hmm. we can steal things He probably thought He's got acrobat skills I'm going to dress you up In a costume And make you steal things Hmm Dodgy I need someone To look distracting Who the police can <laughs> shoot at When I commit robberies That's probably what happened. <laughs> Definitely happens. Oh, God, that's awful. Uh-huh. We're on page three of chapter two, and the first panel has Robin in costume, standing on top of a building, talking on his radio, and the caption says, On this parallel earth, Robin the Boy Wonder is the evil Batman's youthful accomplice in crime. So Batman's voice is coming over the radio. So we want you to tip off Luther and Clayface that we're approaching Gotham City, but be clever about it. Luthor's sharp. And Robin's response Don't worry, Batman. I can handle it. Donning street clothes, Robin becomes the Dick Grayson of this other earth. And we see Dick on top of a building looking down, and he thinks to himself, Luther might suspect a trick if I warned him directly. I'll work through Jimmy Olsen, his pal. Interesting. Caption for the next panel. This Jimmy Olsen is the same hero worshipper as his double on our Earth, but he has a different idol here. And we see Jimmy Olsen addressing the members of the Gotham City branch of this Earth's version of his fan club. We've had Jimmy's fan club before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. That's uh, with Lois, he's kite flying exploits. She was selling in for Jimmy of there course. when she gets zapped to a parallel right. dimension. So Jimmy is addressing his fan club and he's saying i've told you members of my fan club here in gotham city about the great exploits i've shared with luther now i have to return to metropolis but remember luther's the greatest and the lurking dick grayson thinks to himself i'll catch olsen as he leaves the clubhouse soon outside and dick is speaking to jimmy and dick says mr olsen i'm worried i've felt vibrations in the ground as though someone's tunnelling toward luther's law base it could be superman I'll warn Luther at once. Jimmy Olsen has made his way in the next panel to Luther's law base, and we see it's a grey building. It has the statues of Lex and Clayface that we saw Superman spying it earlier on, and there is a golden tower reaching out behind part of the building. It has the statues, and the caption says... Luther's law base has been given to the great scientific lawman by a city grateful to him and to his partner... Clayface! And as Jimmy runs in, he's thinking to himself, It must be Superman menacing Luther again! He's our greatest enemy, but sooner or later, we'll stop that villain of steel! And then inside the building, inside what looks, I'm guessing, must be the top of the tower given the the yellow background, Hmm. it's Lex and Jimmy together, and the caption says, When Luther receives the warning... And we see Jimmy and Lex looking at some equipment, and Luther says, My super-sensitive seismograph does show someone is tunneling this way, and it can only be Superman. We'll be ready for him. Meanwhile, as Superman and Batman penetrate the heart of Gotham City, underground... And we see Superman and Batman, our Superman and Batman, that is, of course, in the tunnel. Superman is gazing up, using his vision, and Batman says... You see, we're under Luther's base. Can your X-ray vision spot the parallel world machine in it? And Superman answers... I can't see it anywhere in the building, but there's a small lead-walled basement room I can't see into. He may have hidden the machine there. We'll soon find out. But when Superman uses his mighty strength to burst up into the lead walled room. And we see Superman and Batman emerging up through the floor. But immediately Superman is suffering and he says, The inside of this room is lined with green kryptonite. It's razor paralysing me. And we can see it looks like slabs of kryptonite basically on the wall, on the ceiling. Yeah. We can also see the apparatus in the background. And Batman says, It's a trap. Get back, Superman. Too late. Superman must have passed out. And we see Batman holding Superman under his arms. And the caption says... Then, as Batman valiantly tries to rescue Superman... Lex Luthor and Clayface burst in. And Lex is saying... At last, we have them. Clayface. I'll put the green K manacles on Superman. Moments later... Superman is on his back in the next panel, on the ground. Restrained by the kryptonite manacles, Batman is trying to reason with Lex and Clayface and Jimmy Olsen, who's still there. And Batman says... "Listen." "'I know this is hard to believe, but we're not the super you want. We're their doubles.' And Jimmy Olsen pipes up with, Jeepers, what a feeble trick to escape. Now I've heard everything. So in the next panel, some policemen have arrived and they're carrying Superman away using his cape. Batman has been restrained now as well. And Lex is saying, Take them to jail. They'll get a fair trial like every accused person. And Jimmy Olsen says, And a fair conviction too. Great work, Luthor. And Batman is thinking to himself, Jimmy Olsen is Luthor's friend here. And he hates Superman. It's still like a nightmare. Soon, in a security prison. And we see Batman and Superman in neighbouring cells. And Batman says, You've come too, Superman. Then, you're alright. And Superman responds, Except that these manacles are scientifically made with enough green kryptonite to weaken my superpowers without killing me. Now, at this point, should we discuss the fact he's on a parallel earth being effective by kryptonite? Yes, that is something I was going to talk about. Go ahead then. <laughs> <laughs> We've had it sometimes that parallel earth kryptonite works on... Cryptorians and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. And this time, obviously, they decided to go for the fact it does. So it would have been really interesting if it hadn't worked. That might have been quite a giveaway as to this isn't the Superman that they're used to dealing with on that Earth. That's a good point, yeah. Because obviously, there was the whole red Kryptonite in the Goliath-Hercules story, and that didn't really have mm. any impact. And then there was Ultraman, who gained powers every time he was exposed yeah. to Kryptonite. Interesting. The other thing I want to mention about having these two characters locked up yes. is the fact... Batman's still masked. Yeah. Why have they not unmasked Batman? And the Batman, nobody remembered he was unmasked to great dramatic effects. That's right. Uh, surely, if they've caught this yeah. super criminal, uh, they would want to unmask, especially when Superman's helpless to stop them. And that also would have exposed the Bruce Wayne identity. So that's, that's a really, really good point. strange. Also, he's got his utility belt on. <laughs> which, you know, it seems like a bit of a faux pas on the part of the police. No, you're right. This is all very true. It's almost like the police aren't paying attention or it's not occurred to anyone that this is something that they might deal with. And Luther's not the super genius we expected him to be in this No, you're absolutely right because this could have caused all sorts of trouble For the Batman of this parallel earth if they'd unmasked him and gone, no, wait a minute. Yeah. And then it's very interesting because the parallel version of someone else is about to pop up. So we'll continue with the story then. The caption says... Then the two prisoners have a startling visitor. It's the Clark Kent at this parallel earth and a policeman. And the policeman is saying... No ordinary visitors are allowed, but since you're a reporter, it's all right, Mr. Kent. Our Superman is astonished and he says... Look, Batman, it's Clark Kent! Then on this earth, you, the criminal Superman... Hide under the everyday identity of Clark Kent. And evil parallel universe Clark Kent responds with, Right. I just wanted you to know that while you two take the rap for us, we, your doubles, will get that machine and go into your world. Think of that when you're being punished for our crimes. Think of us masquerading as you on your Earth. (laughs) What opportunities for crime that'll give us. And off-camera, hero Superman can be heard saying, You... You! (laughs) Say a bad word, Clark, go on. If it was Batman, it'd be, you fiend! (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Superman just says, you, you. Awful. So the caption for the next panel... And when the Clark Kent of the parallel world tells his plans to his foster parents... We should say Clark's in a brown suit as opposed to his maybe more traditional blue suit. I don't know if that's worth mentioning. But Clark's back with evil parallel Martha and evil parallel Jonathan. And evil parallel Mark Kent says, Clark, we're proud of you. Making your doubles pay for your crimes was an inspiration. And Jonathan says... I always said our boy would be the greatest crook on Earth. Listen know what, the most upsetting part of this is seeing the Kents as, as evil criminals. It's horrible, isn't it? Especially when at this time on Earth 1, they're dead. Exactly. So they've survived... But the Earth-1 counterparts are dead. So yeah, interesting. I really hope that before the end of the story, there is not a scene when our Superman meets these evil versions of his parents, because he could be... that'd be heartbreaking. Am I revealing the fact that I might not have done a close reading of this story before? (laughs) Well, maybe. Possibly. Possibly I want it to be fresh for the reading. So, the caption for the next panel says... And the father of the criminal Batman is equally proud. And we see Batman and evil Thomas Wayne in the evil Batcave. And there's piles of cash and money lying on the floor <laughs> in bags, which I think is hilarious. And evil Batman says, Now the police think that they have us in prison. It'll be easier for us to steal that machine from Luther's law base. And his evil dad says, It's a terrific scheme. It'll go down in criminal history. Right, and then there's a bit of a slow dissolve we're now, because we're now in a courtroom. And Superman and Batman are clearly on the stand. The court is packed, and there's a member of the court procedural team who's obviously starting proceedings. The people versus Superman and Batman. And one of the people in the courtroom says... Luther and Clayface are here as witnesses. Their testimony alone would convict those two super crooks. Over the page to page six of chapter two. At this same moment... At the lofty tower of Luther's law base. Yeah, we're back at Luther's law base. And we see the top of Luther's tower. And there's some fog around the platform. And a voice from the street says, Fog must be drifting up from the harbour. Look at that little cloud of it up there. But this fog is not as innocent as it looks. And sure enough, it's evil Superman and evil Batman. And Superman has given Batman a lift up onto the platform. And Superman thinks to himself, by super inhaling fog-like vapour, then exhaling slowly, i'm hiding myself and batman in this little cloud of fog and batman says as he steps onto the platform the parallel world machine must still be here in the lobbies i'll get it green k won't bother me And moments later Batman has grabbed the apparatus successfully and Superman is flying Batman and the apparatus along on the same platform that he carried Batman to the law base on and Batman is saying Now we'll study the machine and find out how to operate it. Then we'll go to that other earth where Batman and Superman are heroic lawmen. (laughs) Fantastic. A slow dissolve. The caption says While in the courtroom And we're back in the courtroom, and we see Superman and Batman still on trial. Mm. And the prosecutor is standing up, and he's a familiar-faced man. It looks like Perry White. And Perry White is saying, Members of the jury will first show some of the crimes of these two super criminals recorded on newsreels. And Superman's thinking, In this parallel world, Perry White isn't the Daily Planet editor, but is a prosecuting attorney. And there's Lois Lane on the jury, turning from me with loathing. Yeah, right enough, Lois in the foreground, looking very pinched about the eyes, it must be said. So in the next panel, Perry's got a film projector set up and it's showing footage of Superman. And Perry is saying, Such a Superman's vicious destruction of our unmanned scientific instrument satellites because we refused to pay him protection money. It was photographed by a camera in another satellite. And the projected image shows Superman punching a satellite so it breaks up. Perry continues at the top of the next page. Here, Batman stealing the control of experimental construction machines and using them to loot a whole town. And we see Batman operating a sort of remote control device and what looks like big giant mechanised... They look like Thunderbirds modules sort of equipment, don't they? They're kind of like red tanks, instead of big guns, they've got arms. Big robot arms, and one of them's carrying a safe and one of them's carrying obviously a display case with jewels in it. Another one has burst through a wall and it's carrying another safe. Wow. Do you remember the old British comics character General Jumbo? Yes, I do. He was a, he was a young boy who had a remote control uh, toy army that he used to like operate. Mm. Uh, this very much reminds me of that. Batman just like, being off to the side with his remote controls. We should mention that General Jumbo didn't use them to loot small towns though. No, it's true. He was true. a good sort. He was a goodie. The Earth 3 General Jumbo might have been different. But maybe it was the General Jumbo of this parallel off that gave Batman a loan of his equipment. Could be. Mm. Anyway, so the next caption says, The crushing evidence of supercrimes piles up for hours and perry continues and their only defence is to claim that they're not batman and superman at all but they're doubles transported into this world by some fantastic machine And a lad in the courtroom says, The DA hasn't called. When Luther and Clayface testify after the noon recess, the defence might as well quit. We then cut back to Lex and Clayface in Luther's law base. The caption says, As Luther returns to his law base during the recess. And Lex is saying, I wonder if that machine could be what they claim. I haven't time yet for a thorough scientific examination of it, but I'll start now. And Clayface replies, Luther, you can't believe these super crooks. Oh well. Go ahead and examine it to satisfy yourself. But in the lead-lined room, Clayface and Lex have entered, and Clayface is saying, The machine is gone. Who could have stolen it? You filled in that tunnel, and the two super crooks have been safe in jail. And Lex says, i'll find out who did it these binoculars i left in each room are really memory lenses and lex is reaching up to get what looks like a pair of binoculars on top of a cupboard or a storage box or something and the caption of the next panel says and one of luther's scientific inventions yields information and we see what lex sees basically and lex is saying the memory lenses are electronic cameras that record whatever they see they show that the criminal Batman stole the machine. Then, the two prisoners are really innocent doubles. And sure enough, we see evil Batman carrying off the apparatus from the kryptonite-lined room. We move on to page 8, back at the courtroom. And when the trial resumes, the court is stunned by Luthor's testimony. And Lex is giving evidence, and he says, And so the accused cannot be the supercriminals. criminals. The story of being innocent doubles is true. And this prompts the judge to say, The testimony of the greatest of lawmen, Luthor, cannot be doubted. Case dismissed. And he hammers his gavel down on the desk. That must be court adjourned then. Yes. So, slow dissolve back to the law base and the caption says, Then in the law base occurs a momentous four-way conference. And Clayface, Lex, and our Superman and Batman are all in conversation. And Lex Luthor is saying, We know Batman has a hideout near Gotham City, but we could never find it. I believe it's like the secret base of yours on your parallel earth. And Batman says, Then I can take you there fast. And he thinks, Though it seems weird to lead Luther and Clayface to the Batcave. The new Incredible Law Team begins its vital mission. Yep, this must obviously be the incredible new super team that was mentioned in the opening splash panel for yes. this chapter. Superman is taken to the air and he says, You three go in Luther's flyer. I'll lead the way, and as Lex, Clayface, and Batman run towards Luthor's plane, Luthor is saying, I have the green K manacles in this lead box. Hurry, before those crooks learn how to operate that machine and go through to your earth. But when they reach the Batcave... And the four of them have assembled in the Batcave, and Clayface says... They're not here. Our last chance to catch them has failed. And Superman says... Wait, if the criminal Batman has a Batcave, the criminal Superman could have a fortress of solitude, like mine... Come on, I'll give your plane a super-fast tow, And that was the detail that we didn't tell you about from the opening two-thirds of a page splash panel, which had them all flying down to Superman's Fortress of Solitude. So we'll do that panel now. As they're flying down, Superman is saying, Our evil doubles are in the criminal Superman's Fortress. And he thinks, How strange it seems to be working with Luther and Clayface. And inside the plane, which is towing Batman along on a rope ladder, Lex is saying, Then prepare for action. We must capture those villains at once. And he thinks, Me and Clayface teaming up with Superman and Batman. It's unbelievable. He's taking it all in his stride, isn't he? He's very logical, is this Luthor? He's not worried at all. So then, they have reached the Fortress of Solitude and the caption says, Minutes later, in the far north. And Superman is using his vision powers on the doorway of the Fortress of Solitude and he's saying, The criminal Superman does have a fortress and I can see with my x-ray vision that he and the criminal Batman are in it, about to use the machine. And Clayface says, We must hit them fast. I'll turn myself into a missile and smash that door. Be ready to get the kryptonite manacles on the evil Superman quickly. And this is amazing. I mean, Pete, you're going to have to fill me in a little bit more about the nature of Clayface's <laughs> powers here, because this seems quite extreme that he's able to yeah. transform himself into this missile. This Clayface is uh, slightly more powerful, I think, than uh, the Earth-1 Clayface. Interesting. Uh, he's more kind of like a master of disguise kind of character. Right. He doesn't really turn into cheetahs or uh, missiles. <laughs> Yeah, Very it's readily. fascinating, isn't it? I want to do a transformer sound effect, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, the caption for the, the bottom panel of page 8 of chapter 2 says As the transformed Clayface crashes through the huge door, evil Superman exclaims, It's our doubles and Luther! And we see the missile Clayface just zooming through the air, <laughs> which is amazing. Evil Batman and Superman on the left of the panel with the apparatus beside them, and our Batman and Superman and Lex coming through the hole in the door. And Batman is holding open the casket which has the kryptonite manacles inside. And Batman is thinking Superman can't handle these kryptonite manacles So it's up to me to act fast We move on to the final page And the caption says Batman summons all his acrobatic skill For a supremely swift effort And parallel universe evil Batman exclaims Look out He's going to shackle you with green kryptonite And Batman of our Earth has jumped forward And he's put the kryptonite manacles on Superman And Superman says It's already on my wrists I've no strength you use the disintegrating weapon on it. But as the criminal Batman reaches for the deadly weapon... And we see our Superman grabbing evil Batman from behind it as evil Batman was reaching out for a gun that was up on the wall of the fortress. And Superman saying, I can't handle Green K, but I can handle you. And as prompts Lex to say, We have them. Now we'll take them back for trial. And in the next panel, our Superman is saying, Luther, with your great science, could you brainwash our doubles into honest men so they could use their great talents for good? And Lex replies, I can try. You three guard them, and I'll get the necessary instruments from my lobbies. Blimey, that's a bit dark, isn't it? They're going to basically lobotomize them. <laughs> this is Doc Savage style. That's what he used to do. Wow. Okay, right. Caption for the next panel says, As they await, Luther's return. And Superman says, Look, in this world, the people of Kandor don't live in a bottle city, but on a tiny replica of Krypton, they must have made, enclosed in glass and held in place by anti-gravity beams and superman and batman are beholding a model of krypton that's being supported and held inside a big glass sphere very interesting batman says i hear luther returning now to try the brainwashing amazing oh my god they're so casual about it the caption for panel five of page nine says the villains are fitted with special apparatus a switch is thrown and we see the evil superman and batman with little headbands and they're inside a room behind a glass panel Lex is on the outside, along with our Superman and Batman. Lex is operating some equipment. And it must be said that the way the, the shading has been done on our Superman, it suddenly looks like he's rocking an outstanding mullet. It does. Is this the first appearance of Superman's mullet from the 90s? Yes. Wow. Yeah. This is just going to shoot up in value. Please put this panel on the socials. This is tremendous. But anyway, Lex, as he operates the equipment, Lex is saying, Only time will tell if the brainwashing has removed their criminal impulses. We'll capture Robin and brainwash him too. I'll give you a monitor with which you can look into our world and see the outcome after you've returned to your Earth. Wow. Lex, this is very tech-top. If he can just sort of create something like that, that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. So, we're now in the final panel of the story, and the caption says, Later, when Batman and Superman are back in our world. And sure enough, we see Superman and Batman watching events on the monitor that Lex gave them. Superman is saying, The brainwashing worked. Our doubles are now the fellow lawmen of Luther... And Clayface in that world. And Batman says, Maybe we can someday do the same to our Luther and Clayface, but I doubt they'll ever be our pals. The The end. end. Well. Well, right, a couple of things, just from the last few panels here, that I didn't want to break up the flow. So, and this parallel earth we've got the bottle city of kandor still except it's on a miniaturized krypton tiny replica of krypton yeah why would the evil superman have the bottle city of kandor maybe he's holding them prisoner maybe he's a sadist could be but that's weird also why did our superman and batman if they're so into this brainwashing idea why did they not take back a duplicate of the machine that's true there are so many questions in this story so many questions yeah that's reasonable Uh, i'm still dazzled by the mullet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so all, i cannot tear my eyes one scene never forgotten <laughs> yes and also we only see superman batman robin and luther and clayface are the only heroes and villains we see on this parallel earth we don't know about any other heroes or villains again this is set kind of more in the world's finest verse so that's kind of the characters sure. that they use so we don't know is there a justice league if so are they evil or are they former yeah. villains mm-hmm. uh who else could possibly be in it it's really interesting um, yeah my answer to that would be to postulate that all the world's finest stories just take place in a universe where the only superheroes are Superman and Batman and Robin. Pretty much. That's what it's like. <laughs> Apart from the Crimson Avenger when he pops up. <laughs> well he doesn't reappear so you know. And again it points to what we were saying earlier on when mm-hmm. Batman refers to being on a parallel world in the Batman that nobody remembers uh-huh. in issue 136 there is no mention made of any of their adventures with the Justice League. It's almost like when you're reading a world's finest mm-hmm. story that the other superheroes may as well just not exist. Yeah I've always kind of felt it's an interesting little quirk Mm -hmm. ultimately again it goes back to what I've said many times about how a lot of the stories of this era particularly a lot of the Superman family stories they're just disposable fun entertainment I mean at this point 1965 Marvel's been going for what four or five years by this point Mm -hmm. and Marvel started its continuity almost immediately really didn't it they they were so good at it that coherence and that universe building and you know the FF guest starring in issue one of Spider-Man that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. you know the way they they use the Avengers DC at this point they're still way way behind and it's interesting What we have seen as much as Hal Jordan making reference to the Parallel Us from the Justice League and Flash stories. That's arguably a step in the right direction, but at this point DC are still publishing each comic almost like it's individual and separate from everything else. Yes. Do we have any reader reaction from this? There's only one letter I could find in a later issue that responds to this story in particular. And it's quite short, but here we go. It says... Dear Editor, Superman and Batman Criminals was great, but I would like to know if the Supergirl of that parallel Earth was evil too. And that's from Jerry Lee Vance from La Jara, California. And the editorial response to that is, No. In that universe, Zor-El didn't want to trust his daughter's future to an evil Superman, so he sent her to a different world. Therefore, that parallel Earth is no Supergirl. Oh. And it doesn't have a line of DC magazines either. Gosh. So it's the (laughs) worst world you could possibly go to. I wonder how that other Supergirl got on and I wonder if we'll ever find out of course we probably won't no. I have to say I enjoyed the story I thought it was a little bit more entertaining a bit more exciting than the Batman who nobody remembered I don't know I really liked the Batman who nobody Remembered. I, I was into was it and it was, totally the same through the mill, and it was almost like he was losing insanity it felt very kind of Grant morrison to me to be honest <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't enjoy but I just found ah. this one a, a little bit more satisfying because sure. um, you know, with a cast of thousands and it's an interesting idea that they were shown these evil versions of Superman and Batman mm-hmm. and we should say that the cover Obviously, isn't actually reflected at any point in the story, it's obviously just one of those sort of representative, one pitch Uh sort of ones. It's interesting that we saw these versions, and it's also interesting that they were dealt with Mm -hmm. the brainwashing that's mental. I mean, our Superman comes up with the idea (laughs) because he's obviously right, you know, Conlex, you've got to do something about this, this can't go on. Mm I mean, who knows what misery they've actually caused? You know, were they murderers? You know, could, it's, it's interesting that they, they really fix them, but then obviously everyone's all smiling and waving in the last panel, so maybe they were just petty thieves. Maybe they weren't completely evil. I think they are just thieves because at that time, when uh, evil Superman distracted our Superman by throwing the boulder, they left Batman helpless. They could easily have killed Batman then if they were killers. Yeah. That would have taken a fraction of a second. Instead, they just got away. That's true. We're looking at this with modern eyes, but uh, back then, that wouldn't even have crossed anyone's mind. Like the whole locking Batman up without unmasking him or taking his utility belt off, you know, didn't even cross their minds. Yeah, and it's it's always a thing as well that when evil Superman threw the boulder at those houses, he probably knew that it wasn't Uh too much of a test for for the goody Superman and, and he would catch it. Absolutely, yeah. I was quite into that. I mean, the artwork wasn't the best Kurt one that I've ever seen. Mm. It was quite crowded in places. And There's a couple of great panels, but the rest of it is okay. I was very entertained by um, evil man Pa Kent, especially as you pointed out, as far as our Superman was, was concerned, that you know they'd been dead for a while on us 1 or... The the Homer yeah. that's that's very interesting. I'm glad he didn't meet them. That was that would have been horrible. And obviously, obviously Thomas Wayne as well was alive still. Yeah, uh, so Batman didn't meet him. Yeah, no mention of Martha Wayne. No mention of Martha. No, unless you know she's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That opens up all sorts of other questions i mean i it still has that sort of disposable naive quality that a lot of the Superman family titles have, but it was there was a lot going on, there was some really good ideas. I think it was told very very well, and that was good, yeah. One of the other things I really liked about this story is we've got Lex Luthor as a hero. And obviously that's something of course, we've had of course. Uh, more recently in comics. Uh, and also Clayface as a hero. Because Clayface was recently, over the last couple of years, he was in a superhero team that Batman put together in oh, really? Detective Comics. But uh, Lex has got more of a history of being a hero. Yes. He was hero of his own world at one stage. And more recently, uh, he actually was a Justice Leaguer. That's right. Which is quite interesting. And at time of recording, of course, DC have just announced a new series uh, with Lex as a hero called Imperious Lex, written by Mark Russell and drawn by Steve Pugh. So I'm looking forward to that greatly, with Lex being the hero of his own world. Oh, yes, of course, that's the, the thing they're doing for a couple of months to start next year that's just been announced today that people are speculating is, is repurposing the material they prepared for that abortive 5G event. Yes, we'll see how that plays out, I suppose. But yeah, aye, interesting let's talk about Robin briefly because we did touch on it a bit during the story so we can assume that his origins pretty much the same and that you know his parents are killed at the circus and Bruce Wayne adopts him so do you think this Bruce Wayne has got a cover of being kind of a philanthropist ah yeah R- would he officially kind of adopt Dick Grayson or is he basically just kind of abducted him and no one knows about Dick Grayson existing really that's really interesting I mean the Batman of this parallel must have some level of resource uh-huh. to be able Thomas obviously must have some level of resource to buy Wayne Manor and set up the backhaven yeah. in, in that house underneath mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So the Robin one is interesting because what if he just kidnapped him from the circus or enticed him away from the circus? Yeah. What if his parents wonder what happened to him? Oh, I hadn't even considered that. They might not have died. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of room for potential of exploration of the situation. And it's one mm-hmm. thing that's it's always quite frustrating as the wrong word. But it's always a little bit frustrating when you're when you're reading certain Silver Age stories, and you know you feel that they've maybe only scratched the surface of the concepts yeah. that they're, they're demonstrating. Uh-huh. That was a good one. Yeah, this is this is a world I'd quickly like to see again. It's quite fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that uh, Superman's got the viewer, that they can watch it, that would be an easy way for them to bring in the story again. And they've also still got the apparatus. Yes. makes them travel yeah. there. This dead scientist apparatus. I think they should uh, name the apparatus the plot device. <laughs> Type an idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would work. So that's what we thought about the story. But what did you think? Please get in touch and let us know. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook because we're putting up certain panels from this and you can make your own decisions as to is that a mullet on Superman or not. (laughs) Please get in touch and let us know. I can see a Twitter poll coming along, actually. Is this the first appearance of Superman's mullet? Yes or no? (laughs) And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore Earth 2. We're also on Instagram at the Earth 2 Podcast as well. So yes, follow us all the social media. There's not as much for the, for this issue as there's been for some other recent ones and some more to come in the immediate future, but we're, we're trying to put as much sort of extra content up on our social media just to give everyone that's, that's listening a bit more context as to what's going on and try and give you the full history for a lot of the characters. So we'll see what we can, we can rustle up to supplement this issue, World's Finest, but there won't <laughs> be as much as there's been for the, the recent showcase issue or the shade issues, unfortunately, but we'll see what we can find. We'll see what we can find. Absolutely. So I've been Peter. And I've been David. And we will talk to you next time on the Earth, Earth Two podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinate set for Earth Prime. My copy of One Four Eight smells divine. Mm. It's it just like, oh God, if you could if you could bottle the smell of a of a slightly mouldy mid sixties comic book.